The first thing that went through our mind was actually, is it even possible? From King 5 News, this is The Sound. I'm Ryan Takeo. This episode, an even shorter Amazon HQ2 shortlist. A relocation consultant breaks down his list of top seven contenders and tells us what it all means for Seattle. Yeah, they may very well adjust their Seattle strategy as a part of uh, articulating their HQ2 strategy. I'm Ryan Takea. This is The Sound. Eric Simonson is managing partner with Everest Group Research. His company helps other companies choose where to locate their high-tech talent. But he says a search like HQ2 is unprecedented. Relocating the headquarters is comparatively less common. Um, so uh, it, uh, you don't see that very often. And certainly what we're seeing with Amazon is a very unique animal. What was your initial response to Amazon and the idea of an HQ2? Well, the first thing that went through our mind was actually, is it even possible? Um, the uh, the uh, volume that they're talking about of 50,000 uh, workers at 100,000 annual compensation or more, uh, which is basically you know, high-end professionals. Um, there's very few companies that are operating at that scale. And uh, for them to try to do that and do it in a 15-year uh, time frame seemed uh, pretty aggressive. Um, it also, I think, led us to believe you know, the, the number of viable candidates is also going to be pretty limited. There's a report you all put out. It's called, Is Amazon's HQ2 Strategy Viable? Um, so I'll link that in the bio of this podcast. But spoiler alert, is it viable? Uh, it is if they're really committed to it. Um, I think the thing they have worked in their favor is the Amazon brand. Um, but, you know, 15 years is a long time. And um, it's uh, going to take a lot of hard work. You said in the report that this move is unique and unprecedented. And I'm just wondering what makes it so unique? alluded to it just a bit earlier, but basically the, the volume of the uh, amount of work that the, the jobs that they're trying to create through this is uh, probably the most unique factor. Um, I think the secondary, secondary one is uh, Amazon is such a hot company at this point, and the number of businesses that are, they're already in or may enter um, causes you to look at this in a little bit of a different way than just somebody who's trying to replicate their same business in a new area. You say the, the sheer amount of jobs. I mean, Amazon has been growing in Seattle for years and even a couple decades. Um, you know, the most recent growth has been in the last 10 to 15 years. But how is that going to, how realistic is that amount of growth? 50,000 jobs, uh, high paying, high tech jobs estimated over the course of 15 years. How realistic is that? It's realistic to the extent that um, Amazon can kind of keep their mojo going. Um, if you look at how many um, uh, organizations employ 20,000 or more individuals in some of the cities on the shortlist, you know, in most cities, it's zero. Um, in some, it's you know, kind of one, two, three. Uh, New York, it's only two. Um, and it's two large financial services firms. Um, and that's just 20,000. So when you're talking about 50,000, that is a, um, that's a pretty deep climb. Um, the reason that we think it's somewhat viable for Amazon if they really uh, stay after it is uh, unlike when they started in Seattle and they were a greenfield operation with no, no sort of tailwinds, in this case, they do have an awful lot of mindshare. Um, they've managed to successfully cultivate a lot of public relations out of this whole exercise. And their ability to get people to relocate from across the country to have sort of a regional impact on getting college grads, all of those uh, factors you know, work to their uh, benefit. That being said, you know, 15 years is a long time. 
and uh, some of their mojo may get, um, uh, you, you expect uh, cycles in that as uh, time plays out. You called it an exercise. Uh, <laughs> it's been it's been a lot of things. It's been uh, part competition, part reality show. It's just kind of just the the trickle of news. I'm just wondering your response from the top 20 list that was announced a couple of weeks ago. You put my stock in those. Um, I think the the six that we were really watching um, uh, all made the list, and that was Atlanta, Chicago, Dallas, New York, uh, Boston, and um, uh, DC. Um, we also had speculated to be interesting to have a Canadian player in the mix and indeed Toronto uh, made it. These are really sort of the six or seven we think are the most viable. Um, you know, within that there's relative pros and cons. There are quite a few others that um, I think uh, are interesting, um, but if they are serious about their strategy of wanting to have a single place that can get to 50,000 um, are are um, kind of laughable options. So the, the Raleigh's, the Austin's, Indianapolis, Columbus, all great places. And you know, if they wanted to have you know five or ten thousand, would certainly be you know great options. Uh, but if they're if they're uh, committed to the fifty thousand, you know, just not workable. In the list that seemed unlikely, you would also enter Denver along with Austin, and those are along with um, Pittsburgh. These are some of kind of those mid-market cities that are really hot on like the media's uh, list of, so why is that not, why are those places not realistic? Um, basically what it comes down to is the available talent. And if you um, kind of start on just a top line explanation of that, if we assume that about of the 50,000, about a quarter of them will actually be in IT related jobs. That means over the 15 years, they need to add somewhere on a thousand to 1200 people per year in IT roles. Uh, when we work with other organizations uh, that are scaling new IT shops, uh, typically they're able to do you know 200 to maybe 350 a year, and these are leading brands. Um, so when you see somebody trying to do three to four times that and sustain that for 15 years, um, that's a that's big. As I mentioned, they do have a lot of benefits uh, working for them. They're going to be able to get um, a lot of privileged access, um, but it is a um, it's far, far beyond what uh, most organizations would try to do in terms of the rate of scaling. So like an Austin or a Denver or a Pittsburgh or Columbus, they're just too small basically to, to feed that, that machine that is Amazon. Yeah, so they, um, some of them would be in a place where they could attract um, sufficient um, access to fresh talent. So let's take uh, Austin as an example. In some ways, its ability to access um, fresh talent, so uh, talent coming out of college, maybe similar to say at Dallas, um, so they'd have uh, you know local universities plus those within say two to five hundred miles. What Austin doesn't have is the same amount of mid management, um, and so their ability to make lateral hires of people that have five, ten, fifteen years experience will be notably less. Um, hmm. From a relocation perspective, it'll, it'll be more attractive, um, but you wouldn't expect um, them to be relocating thousands of people a year. They have to be doing a lot of lateral hires and uh, fresh college grads. What does it, there's a little bit of a reference in the report about the message this sends to the Seattle City Council. Um, and I'm just wondering in your mind, is this kind of like the shot across the bow that some business leaders locally here in Seattle think that it might be? Um, I certainly think that's possible, and even if uh, whatever Amazon thought to be true when they started the process, 
Um, I would expect them to learn throughout this. You know, do they really want just one headquarters, um, one H22, or might they look at two or maybe kind of a hub to model? Um, beyond that, I think there'll be a number of other things that as they try to make a decision, they're going to be forced to, uh, forced to wrestle with, which are what type of businesses are most likely to be in this second, second uh, center. And um, as a result, that'll probably cause them to look more critically about what do they really look for coming out of Seattle? Um, what's, the, what's the original headquarters? What's its future uh, um, position going to be? And they may find uh, many clients we work with, they're trying to be concerned about scaling too far beyond a threshold. They often can push it a bit further. There is a limit. We would not be surprised for them to continue to grow some in Seattle, um, but uh, you know, they may very well adjust their Seattle strategy as a part of uh, articulating their H22 strategy. Either way, it does give them some leverage um, if they have two places more than more than one place. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so if they uh, want to extract uh, some more help on uh, privileged access to um, real estate, uh, influence over education institutions, and of course, tax. Um, there's been talk of uh, income tax in the Seattle area. Um, could certainly try to um, put a little bit of fear into the, uh, uh, to the local government in terms of whether that's really viable or not. Let's go through the section that says, how will Amazon actually make its decision? So you have four of items right here, and you've talked about some of them, but so we'll just do a, a deeper dive into these. So scalability of talent is one. Yeah, so scalability um, uh, will have sort of two dimensions. One are those that are starting their career, uh, coming from different uh, colleges and uh, universities. Um, and then second will be uh, lateral hires from mid-management uh, uh, in the both the local community, but then also relocations from other geographies. Um, the um, the kind of the number of universities and the match to the degree programs and how uh, how uh, um, easy it is to relocate uh, those individuals will be important. So if you're in Chicago trying to get people to maybe relocate from Boston, might be possible, but it's hard. It's comparatively harder to get someone to say leave Boston. Uh, than say if you're um, in uh, Atlanta and trying to get people to leave Athens, Georgia, University of Georgia to come to Atlanta. Um, not all city pair trade-offs are the same uh, for, for, a, uh, for a college grad. Number two, you put business mix. I think we haven't seen much commentary on this as people are looking at um, the cities. And a lot of it's around you know, quality of infrastructure, public transit, you know, just kind of quality of life. And all of those things are, 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 are great, but at the end of the day, if you don't have the people, um, it doesn't matter um, how nice the, uh, the seasons are. So when we look at uh, this and imagine the debate that will be going on in the room with Amazon when they're trying to figure it out, part of it is going to be what do they think the center will actually be, or the new headquarters, what will it actually be trying to do? And although they've talked about it sort of being an equal, it doesn't mean it's going to be identical. Um, so, you know, we know that Amazon is obviously in the retail business. Um, if they're going to try to double down in retail and maybe do even more with a private brand, uh, maybe Chicago is a great place. There's great talent there if they want to try to grow maybe private label uh, um, operations. Um, or imagine they're trying to grow their advertising business. You know, maybe, uh, you know, they're already a fairly large uh, advertising business. Maybe New York is a great option. Uh, maybe they think they can grow a lot more with um, the government, D.C., great option. Um, maybe the uh, you know freight and logistics and transportation. Maybe then Atlanta with UPS and Delta Airlines would be a good place to pick up some of that talent. Um, so I think there's a, a lot of things where, depending on where you go, it can be it can change how easy it is to access the talent. 
beyond the talent, there's also something that the location may suggest about um, physically, you know, what markets you're trying to tap into. So is Latin America expected to be a growth opportunity um, than maybe like a Dallas or a Miami or Atlanta um, or a closer portal into uh, getting into uh, you know, Central America and South America to, uh, to be able to help grow business there. The third on that list was time zone. Mm -hmm. The West Coast of the U.S. Um, is in some ways kind of disadvantaged in uh, working with uh, Europe and uh, with uh, parts of Asia. Uh, most notably India, which is one of the um, uh, big growth uh, markets uh, for Amazon. So on a comparative basis, if you're on the, uh, the east coast of the U.S., your overlap with uh, Europe kind of working hours is sort of, um, say, five or six hours a day. We are on the west coast, that drops down to about three. If you look at, say, India, it actually gets even more dramatic. On the west coast, you may have only, say, an hour or two, uh, whereas on the east coast, uh, you may comfortably get up to three, four, five hours. And so to the extent these headquarters are trying to interface with operations in a lot of other places, just the practical logistics of getting things done uh, becomes easier as you increase the, uh, the time zone overlap. And then the last one you noted is physical proximity. So it sounds like it needs to be, uh, in your mind, in, a, in the central or eastern time zone. So far away to be in a different time zone, but not too far to be too far from Seattle. Correct. Yes, and, and I, I uh, hinted this earlier. Um, if you're trying to get closer to, say, Latin America, um, the uh, you know, locating, say, in Boston doesn't doesn't help as much. Um, it may help you though with Europe if you're trying to uh, be able to better access uh, um, running your business um, across the Atlantic Ocean. Um, so we think uh, basically the Los Angeles, the Vancouver's, et cetera, we thought were never particularly viable. They weren't different enough than the Seattle option. And so in some ways, um, what Amazon's looking for is this tricky balance of how to make something different enough that it creates some options and benefits, but yet not make it so different um, that it kind of is misaligned to what um, uh, the original headquarters is all about. Let's go through the, the shorter short list that you have. Mm -hmm. So just give me a couple of the pros for each of these cities. So for Boston? Um, Boston, you have great education center, um, it would um, uh, be a, a wonderful place for to kind of build on what they've been doing with um, Siri there. Um, it's uh, you know, fairly close to um, Europe. Um, it's a good hub out of there. Um, I think uh, Boston um, is known for innovation, but sort of large corporate innovation. Um, this hasn't been the sort of thing you've typically uh, seen them do, having a, you know, big corporate headquarters come in there. Um, they've grown a lot of their own. Um, and you know, GE kind of moved to the area, but it wasn't a large, it was a large company, but it was a small headquarters. So it'd be a good, um, good chance for them to signal um, a, a strong high tech wrinkle. Uh, you mentioned this a little bit, but Chicago. Um, Chicago, um, you know, it's it's got a lot of consumer and retail um, industry there, and that uh, obviously overlaps pretty nicely uh, with Amazon, but would also be, I think, additive. Um, you know, good connectivity to both Europe and even um, um, to a reasonable extent Asia. Um, and uh, you know, reasonably well connected to Seattle. It's about the closest other than um, Denver uh, and LA on the list. Uh, Dallas is on your short list. Um, you know, so Dallas has um, a pretty good history of you know, relocating um, companies' operations. Um, I think in terms of the tech talent uh, pool and its ability to pull uh, talent in from uh, universities on a regional basis, it's good. And uh, generally most companies have had good 
good luck with relocating people um, uh, to Dallas. The thing that I think uh, could be a little bit unique in uh, the in the uh, favor of Dallas is uh, Amazon's AWS business. It's cloud. It's cloud business. Um, as that matures, we expect that it will need to be um, uh, increasing its sophistication on how it sells to enterprises. Um, and uh, Dallas is, you know, the kind of the original home of outsourcing and enterprise IT services in North America. And so we'd be able to find a lot of sales, marketing, other other talent in the area that um, wouldn't be as as uh, um, um, as common in the other geographies. New York City. Um, so it's it's by far the largest labor market. It doesn't mean that all of it would be accessible. Um, certainly, uh, Amazon could attract a lot of um, a lot of uh, talent. Um, I think you know, one of the cons is just, you know, it's already a pretty dense place and uh, adding in um, more within uh, Manhattan is, is, is tricky. Um, I think the, the pros um, would be if it was uh, trying to really increase the advertising business, um, that would be a big help. And then just the general diversity of New York, it wouldn't limit itself too much in any one way. Uh, DC, you talked about the proximity to, to government. There are three mm -hmm. of the uh, applicant areas that are kind of near the DC area. So why is DC viable? Uh, DC again is a fairly large um, uh, labor pool uh, with a lot of uh, high tech, um, much of it uh, government oriented, which is maybe both a pro and a con depending upon the expected mission. Um, you know, it well connected internationally um, and, uh, you know, a fairly, uh, fairly interesting place, uh, to, um, try to establish a large corporate, uh, as, as has also been reported, uh, you know, Jeff Bezos has a house there. Um, so, uh, to the extent he wants an easy commute between, um, the Washington post and HQ two, uh, would have that in its, um, favor, which, although I think you can overstate it, there is a, um, often an interesting correlation between the personal interests of leadership and where uh, new locations end up uh, coming coming to fruition. Jeff Bezos has a lot of houses, a lot of places. Uh, <laughs> no shortage of houses. Uh, and Atlanta, you had mentioned the, the shipping infrastructure. Uh, what other pros does Atlanta have? Uh, so on a regional basis, um, it can get talent from a lot of uh, different universities. So there's Georgia Tech uh, in Atlanta. Um, we've also got, you know, Auburn, um, Florida State, um, you know, South Carolina, um, sort of that whole um, southeast of the um, U.S. Uh, could be, uh, you know, would be reasonable camps to be drawn into Atlanta. Um, it's also a diverse economy. Um, so uh, it does have you know, retail like Home Depot. Um, you mentioned the, um, uh, we've got UPS and Delta there from a, uh, a transportation perspective, which could help if Amazon wanted to have a shipping business. Um, and then it's also well connected to Europe and um, and fairly well connected to Latin America. And you had mentioned Toronto is a wild card. Uh, why is that? And because it seems like it's a it's a large enough city, um, but uh, I imagine traveling from back and forth from Seattle to Toronto might have its own kind of issues. Yeah. So, so from a distance perspective, it, it's obviously less than some of these others. I think the real what you're really wrestling with here is is the uh, the difference in uh, countries and in, in the immigration things you have to deal with. Is that a net positive or a net negative? Um, you know, the negative could be you just have more people needing to go through passport control. Um, a positive may be that the uh, ability for inward bound immigration um, to live in Toronto that could work for Amazon 
um, could be um, where the U.S. is actually pulling back um, from H-1B visas and things could actually be a real benefit to Toronto and for Amazon wanting to be able to scale up by getting talent, say, from Asia. Um, now, some of that same talent, to the extent that it needs to leave Toronto and go to Seattle uh, in the course of work, there may be some extra administrative things, some some challenges there. Uh, but in general, um, if you wanted to create scalability, it would be an interesting place. But yet there is a, some kind of day-to-day -day reality where it gets a little bit more complicated. Just a couple more questions here. So for a second, let's let's look back at the media coverage up until this point. What have we gotten wrong? What are we focusing on that, that might not be uh, the focus that you as uh, someone who deals with this industry and these types of changes and moves um, might be focusing on? So I think the first thing that has to be the, the focus and everything else is secondary is can you get the required volume and type of talent that you need? And, uh, and so that's the way we first look at the problem. Um, I think all the focus on um, uh, real estate availability, um, incentives, um, uh, uh, public transportation, et cetera, are all nice, but they're likely to be things that sort of break some of the ties, but they don't actually help you filter down to the viable candidates. And what questions do you have moving forward? I think the thing we'd really like to like to uh, know is, you know, what are they really thinking about in terms of the decision criteria? Um, how much do these new types of businesses um, factor in? Um, you know, do they do they want to use it to uh, um, to seed uh, seed the new businesses? I think the second thing that I wouldn't be surprised if it comes out is that um, whatever they commit to may not really be um, with a requirement that they get to fifty thousand jobs, and uh, could even see them um, eventually reconsider and say we're going to build HQ two. And in five years, we may have HQ 2.5 um, and maybe try to get two to 25,000 as opposed to one to 50,000. If that is, uh, let's say the number is 25,000 and that t ends up being more realistic, um, you know, that, that city might say, oh, we were sold this bill of goods and we provided the, these incentives and there might be some backlash at that point. Um, but it sounds to me from what you're saying about the number of cities with the employers that have 20,000 employees that 25,000 would still be a win. Absolutely. Yeah, I think in fact, just to give one point of context. So um, uh, Dell um, is in Austin, Texas. Um, they have 12,000 employees. You know, they were founded there, um, big company. Um, you know, and if you're around uh, Austin, clearly Dell has a big impact on the business community, but it's 12,000. Um, so when you get to 25,000, it's still you know, a really big thing. I think um, all of the cities should be savvy enough to recognize the way in which they design the incentive packages uh, needs to accommodate for the possibility that not everything may play out the way it was originally planned. And that's why understanding what does Amazon actually sort of commit to, what seems like the minimum threshold uh, would be uh, an interesting thing to watch. Eric, I appreciate your time. Great, enjoyed it, thank you. Eric Simonson of The Everest Group. The Sound is a production of King 5 Media in Seattle, Washington. I'm Ryan Takeo. This is The Sound.